You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the ESO 2015 Dragon Con Con Report. All right, is everybody sitting down? Because mm-hmm. Dragon Con 2015 is now less than 100 days away. Oh. Bite your tongue, Michael Gordon. Um, I'm would over make it. the rest of the I'm show very it. painful. It would, yeah. It would be so, funny so to hear you talk to you like you, this, though. You, you <laughs> should bite your tongue. You really should. At least we As, can enjoy uh, that. <laughs> As you heard, I'm Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew. Uh, you heard, of course, Director Mike Faber. I'm just shaking my head. Timegate just happened. Come on. Dragon Can can could be that far. Oh, God, it is not that far away. I was going to say, Timegate is like the marker of like, man, you better get your ass together because uh, <laughs> Dragon Con is right around the corner. Well, it's... I'm tr- it's funny. It's like you turn that corner of Timegate and then you got to head straight for home. Yeah. Like, well, I'm very happy to because like I was trying to think of different cosplays I could do. And, you know, now that I have the long hair and the, the bushy beard and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't want to go as the dude. That's too predictable. At first, I was thinking I was going to go as Mick Foley from WWE. But my wonderful son said, you can't go as Mick Foley, Dad. I said, why not? You're too skinny. <laughs> Ah, uh, he's he's buttering you up for something. Of course, yep, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You think? Yeah, I think. I think, I think. school's nice over. Mm-hmm. He exactly. Wanna, he doesn't want to work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Get it. So, and of course, you can also hear with us. We have Darren Noel joining us again. Howdy, gents. What's happening? Well, we are uh, unfortunately uh-huh. uh, the uh, the ladies Mary Lou who and Nikki are still working on their costumes. Wow. That that yeah. must be some spectacular cosplay. I worked yeah. on my costume today. I ordered a wig there. Did and you really? Yeah, I did. Do we need- do we know what this is, uh, or is that a secret? Yeah, um, let's let's let it remain a secret for the time. Okay, being. okay, interesting. But I, I've got friends working on armor pieces, and I've got friends working on um, a shield for me. So things are things are coming along. So Very nice. Yay. But we do have plenty of other people here to talk to. Of course, we've got uh, Kevin Bachelder, who is the uh, host of the DragonCon for Newbies Facebook group. Uh, we're going to talk to him about uh, how to handle slash manage uh, the uh, the amazing amount of people that are at DragonCon. Mm. Uh, Michelle Biddick-Simmons is back with some tips on um, the uh, equipment and apps that uh, that you can help control your fitness or keep track of your fitness. Um, we're joined by Eternal Zan, who has uh, some amazing hotel information for y'all. Um, and, of course, uh, Cosplay Corner segment, Bewitched Raven, has got some... Well, she's feeling a little bit stressed out as well. So, But we're mm-hmm. going to check in with her and see how she's doing on her costumes. 
And we are super honored to be joined once again by the official director of media relations, our good friend Dan Carroll. So uh, we're going to get to all that in a minute. I just have to uh, plug, of course, that uh, we are sponsored by ESO, Amazon's eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool, geeky merchandise. Uh, if you're ordering some swag from Amazon, please help out ESO by going through our link. All you have to do is go to the ESO Network or ESO Podcast uh, website. There's a, a banner up at the top that says Amazon e-link or Amazon link, right? Um, and uh, you just go there, go to Amazon. It takes you right to Amazon, and all you have to do is order things just like you normally would. It doesn't cost you any more. No additional work on your part, um, but we get a little bit of change for that, so it's really awesome if you would do that. It doesn't cost you a thing, and it helps us out a lot, so we appreciate that. If you would like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. You can also email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us via Facebook and all the other fun social media that's out there. So let's get started with some news and notes. We've got some dates for you real quick. Um, As we are uh, talking, this is uh, the end of May. Uh, May 31st, guest applications are closed. So by the time many of you are listening to this, if you wanted to be a guest, well, you have to wait till 2016. Sorry. But uh, uh, so um, but that doesn't mean that more guest announcements aren't going to be made over the next uh, three months, because I know that the committee is still actively working on acquiring some names. We've got there was a lot of guest activity, which we'll get to. Uh, in a little bit, but uh, a lot of big names were announced uh, since we last talked to you guys. So we're very keen to, to reveal those names to you if you haven't already heard. But yes, if you are wanting to application, uh, wanting to be a guest um, this year, sorry. Um, there is a volunteer meeting uh, on July 12th. I know that's uh, a couple months away, a month and a half away, but uh, never too early to plan. So if you want to be involved, if you, you can't be a guest, but you still want to be involved somehow on tracks, uh, panels, uh, just to help out with the convention. Um, in general, July 12th is where, uh, the, you want to go to, I think it's at one of the hotels, aren't they usually at the, at the, is it at the Hyatt where they have the volunteer meetings? Nobody knows. I, well, I don't know. You I've, can, I've never volunteered. I don't know. You can go to uh, DragonCon.org to find out where the meetings are taking place. But uh, we do know that the date is July 12th. Uh, June 30th is when the applications for fan tables close. So there's still a chance that if you've got uh, some sort of organization that you're representing that you want to be uh, have a table at the convention at DragonCon. Uh, I think usually that's at the uh, one of the levels of the Marriott, if not two. Uh, there's some tables around there, um, so uh, if you are interested in one of those tables, you want to fill out an application at the official site. Um, and uh, I think the tickets or memberships are still uh, $120. Uh, they will be $120 uh, for the weekend until July 17th, in which they go up to 130 So. Uh, those are all the dates. Uh, the other information that we have for you is going to actually be provided to us by uh, none other than the uh, Director of Media Relations himself, Dan Carroll. Dan is joining us now. Howdy, Dan. It's great to see you. It's, it's hard to believe that it's been this long since we've had you on the station. Dan Carroll from Dragon Con. Hey, Mike and Mike. How are you today? Are you ready for Dragon Con? We're getting there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's It's... Is it? It's less than a hundred days away. Ah! 
<laughs> yes, so, it is. Which is absolutely crazy. Oh. So, so tell us, uh, you know, um, as brief as you can, um, you know, what are the, some of the changes that we have to look forward to or maybe that we want to be aware of this year at Dragon Con? Probably the biggest change at Dragon Con this year is that we have moved our vending area to America's Mart 2. It's going to create a bigger, more open flow of traffic and uh, provide more opportunities for a relaxing shopping experience. I know a lot of folks come to Dragon Con um, looking for things they're not going to find anywhere else. And uh, that is what our vendors bring. Uh, we, I, I don't even know how big the space is, but we used to say it was nine football fields long. Whew. Wow. So it's sort of like a convention center within a convention. It is. It is indeed. Uh, and, and it's very conveniently located next to the Weston Peachtree Hotel. Uh, just a block or so off Peachtree, so it's not that far at all. So would people not go where they went last year? They would not. They would walk past there, uh, kind of like that Monty Python where you do not count to four <laughs> except proceeding on to five. Is that what it was? Or is it, you <laughs> yeah, know, that is, count yep. to, Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since last year's event. I, I see that you survived. It, I did. I, I, I'm going to go so far as to say we thrived last year. We, we went beyond just surviving. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, of course, uh, the, the crowds are uh, an ever, literally an ever-growing concern. And yet, by the same token, it's, it's, we, we love having and sharing with as many people as possible. So um, I thought in some areas, uh, crowd control was actually a lot better handled uh, last year. So I would imagine more is being done to implement that uh, going forward as well. And actually, the, the, the announcement you made about the vendors area is proof of that. That is part of our strategy. Um, we're very happy. Last year, we had 65,000 attendees. It's the largest drag con ever. Um, and as you pointed out, there's there's growing pains, but we do have some ways of dealing with it um, that improve traffic flow. Um, for instance, our walkways between the hotels will now become one way between the Marriott and the Hyatt and between the Hyatt. Uh, I'm sorry, in the Marriott and the uh, food courts. Over at Peachtree Center, we're going to have one way. Uh, it's going to be a big, giant circle. Um, really? Yes. That is one of the things that was just announced this weekend. Um, also at Dragon Con, uh, one of the things that we're doing is we are extending the very popular badge checks at the doors of the hotels uh, to make sure that we have space inside the hotels for Dragon Con members. Uh, first, people thought that it was kind of a um, – kind of a, a greedy move and the truth is we had just run out of space for people who were not members we needed all the space for members and that's why we implemented them in the evening uh, we're expanding the number of hotels that are involved in it and uh, the hours that we're going to be doing the batch check and and you might remember that i personally was blamed for the batch check pro policy a few years ago you guys remember that yes sir <laughs> i do remember about that one Damn yeah, that, Dan Carroll. Which is weird because you never checked my badge. I never checked anybody's badges. There's other people who do that. Exactly. So it's, I, I find it odd that you would be blamed for it. 
No, no, no. It was um, – yeah, no, and I, I and I assure you I did not receive any of the money nor am I a D-bag. So um, none of that allegation was true. It, 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 what we're just doing – we're sharing a public safety concern uh, when it comes to checking the badges at the door. Absolutely, and I think uh, – more for the most part, I I haven't heard any really criticisms of that. The only criticism that I heard, and I think that was a couple of years ago when it started, was that it was seemed to be slowing things down. But I think uh, you know, with certainly with the ever growing concern of uh, safety and anti harassment with cosplayers and all that, I think that's it's become uh, something that I think everybody's willing to uh, endure and encourage. Well, I I, I want to tell you. One of the things that I love in my role is being able to go up to police officers uh, in Atlanta and talk to them about their DragonCon experience. And Mm -hmm. DragonCon attendees, you know, we're not perfect, but we tend not to be the offenders in situations, especially on a Friday or Saturday night during DragonCon. We are not – we're not the ones for the most part um, that are filling up the the policeman's times and – and they actually are very grateful for the courtesy, the manners, the, uh, just the fun nature of the DragonCon attendees. And um, we just want to make sure we maintain that without bringing in people who are just looking for um, – you know, they may not necessarily have the best intentions or the best respect for our DragonCon attendees. And, and also, as I pointed out, even with just DragonCon attendees, we're pretty full on that Marriott floor. On a Friday or Saturday night. Absolutely. That is, uh, that is, <laughs> yeah, that is without a doubt. That's really become the heart of uh, the convention in a lot of ways. Oh, a- absolutely. It's, it's, it's a great gathering area. It's, it's wider. It's, it, um, it, it gives you opportunities to, uh, not be claustrophobic, even with the crowds. So, um, we're, we're grateful for the Marriott, and the Marriott is also grateful for our attendees. Now, with about three months left to go until the big event, um, uh, just two questions because I know your time is, is valuable leading up to the con. Um, first off, are there any events that uh, you can make us aware of, uh, charity events, Dragon Con superhero events between now and the convention? Well, actually, we're waiting for confirmation on our third superhero event, and, and we'll get that to you as soon as we have word on it. Awesome. Uh, we've had we've had two this year. Uh, we brought more people to work the lupus walk than many teams had actually walking the lupus nice. walk. Um, so we're really happy about that. And uh, But the one thing I do want to say about our charity is this year we are working with um, the lymphoma society uh as you're aware uh we lost a uh, longtime dragon con um icon uh yuji foster uh nebula award winning writer and uh she ran the daily dragon Force for years and uh we lost her last year to, to lymphoma and and um this is just our way to remember her but also She's not the only part of our DragonCon family who's affected by lymphoma either. Um, dealing with it now, um, we've lost other people to, to lymphoma, and uh, um, we also have some other people who are survivors, uh, even in my own team. So uh, we're going to do everything we can to, to break the bank and, and uh, give more than we've ever given before. And, of course, DragonCon Incorporated uh, matches up to $50,000 in our charity fundraising. 
Yeah, definitely let us know um, if there's any events or any other way our listeners can um, take part in that. And then finally, um, already I know that there's still a lot of uh, events and and guests to be announced, but is there anything that's on the the current docket for this year's Dragon Con that you're most excited about? Well, I was uh, I was actually in first grade when um, Sesame Street came out, so the the appearance of Big Bird um, is pretty exciting for me. And uh, of course, I'm always excited. We we don't have the newest Supergirl, but we do have Laura Vandervoot, who was uh, <laughs> uh, on Smallville, and uh, return uh, one of my personal favorites, Claire Kramer, uh, Glory from uh, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And how can I not? Not mention how awesome it is that we have Trace Ballou, uh, TV's own Frank, and uh, uh, Bill Corbett coming from Mystery Science Theater 3000 already announced. And who knows who else is going to be announced. Uh, we've got folks from, from television, from film, um, from comics. The, the guest list keeps growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am definitely, yeah, the, uh, Carol is, uh, Carol Spinney is definitely one that I'm like uh, super uber excited to, to see at Dragon Con this year as well. Um, just, yeah, Big Bird. How can you not be excited by Big Bird coming, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's going to be amazing. Uh, you know, last year we had, was it last year we had Fraggles, uh, or the year before we had Fraggles, we, had, we've had Fraggles. Now we're having Big Bird. It's, it's just going to be thrilling. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, if we don't talk to you before, then we'll definitely see you at the con. I'm sure we'll see you around town before then. Guys, thank you so much for everything you do to promote Dragon Con and to, to, to keep the community informed. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate the information. I think of especially of interest, guys, and in, in, uh, let's get I want to talk a little bit more about this because we kind of briefly went over it with Dan. But so in order to help with the crowd control, it looks like, according to Dan, they're going to uh, make the habit trails, at least between the Hyatt, the Marriott, and the food court, one way. So there's going to be traffic going in a circular pattern, I believe clockwise, between the three hotels. So there won't be any uh, back and forth traffic. And they, they believe that this will help traffic move faster through these places, although it'll probably take you longer to get someplace because if you want to get from the Hyatt to the to the food court, you'll have to go through the Marriott to do so. Likewise, if you want to go from the Hyatt to the food court, you'll have to go through the Marriott to do so. Did I just say that twice? Yeah, you yeah, um, did. Yes, you did. <laughs> anyway, but you know, but but through. the thing is, the easy way to do it is just go outside the front door. Go outside the front door of the Hyatt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're <laughs> you right there. Gonna, do you think that's going to send more people outside, or do you think this system is actually something that uh, can work? I think it could work, but I. I think outside is going to be your quickest way around the con anyway. Well, it, usually that, that's that has been true for the last several years. So, yeah, I think one thing it'll help with is maybe that intersection, you know, the intersection uh, between uh, or where the, the two habit trails kind of meet at the Marriott, uh, the one from the food court and the one from the Hyatt, you know, that big area area, which is usually, you know, a cluster. So, um, cluster, if the traffic's just, going, if the, if the traffic's just going through there, uh, with uh, people just getting off instead of coming at both directions, that that might help that area a lot. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. I just wanted to get your uh, feedback on that, and uh, yeah, your answer is to go outside. Yes. So, but what if it's raining? You'll get wet. You'll get wet. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh. 
all those months of costuming and all that, all those hours of makeup ruined. Okay, you have a choice. Get wet or go around the clockwise, you know? <laughs> you know, I have no sympathy for those people. Well, it should be interesting. And the other thing that, of course, is with that is that since it's new, everybody's going to hate it. And it's going to be, you know, people said so people are going to be complaining about it all weekend. Good. Well, so maybe just, they won't no, come back. Just because something's new doesn't mean people hate it. I, th- I think when something's new and doesn't work, they hate it. Sure. I, I, I'm just looking at the dealer's room. <laughs> hey i'm excited about the new dealer's room well i, really I, am I want the new one i'm talking about the one that we've had for the last two years that you know getting getting to the goblin king to, to save your you know infant brother was easier so you know <laughs> well on that note i think we should <laughs> talk about the guests that are coming to dragon con this year i know that they had made a lot of announcements uh in the last month or so but uh you guys have got it narrowed down to a few of the highlights so mike and darren if you would oh very much so and this is updated as of today but dragon con kind of has been making announcements up on facebook with some of the uh people coming and such that aren't yet even on the website. So, you know, if we get miss anybody, you know, keep on checking out the website. I'm sure your favorite will be there eventually. So let's get started. Ready, Darren? I am ready, sir. All right. Let's start at the bottom of the list. We're going to start with Scott Thompson. Yeah. He is currently plays <laughs> Jimmy Price on the NBC series Hannibal and is well known to fans as a member of the famed sketch comedy troupe, The Kids in the Hall. And I just I had no say, idea he was on Hannibal. Yeah. I, I just want to say, if you're coming to Dragon Con and you don't know who he is, and you happen to be a member of the LGBT community, you need to go to YouTube and check out Buddy Cole sketches. That's all you yes. need. And you'll know everything about Scott Thompson you ever needed to know. Uh, Greg Burke, Canadian actor Greg Burke, plays the alpha head of the werewolf pack in the sci-fi series Bitten. Aaron Abrams is a Canadian-born actor. He portrays Brian Zeller on NBC's Hannibal. I'm getting a theme Dust- here. I don't. Yeah, know. there's a there's a Hannibal thing. People are going to be eaten. Yes. Dustin Fletcher is an up-and-coming costumer for film and television, focusing on the superhero and horror genre. He has worked on films and television shows such as Hunger Games, Mockingjay, Captain America: Civil War, Goosebumps, Constantine, and Powers, just to name a few. Awesome. Babs Tarr is the fan-favorite artist on DC Comics' Batgirl, for which she was nominated for a 2015 Eisner Award, and his previous covers for Gotham Academy, Justice League, and Convergence, Superboy. Justin Robert Young is a comedian and writer. He is the co-host of the Night Attack podcast, formerly the NSFW show, as well as the Weird Things podcast. His comedy albums with Brian Brushwood from Night Attack, Enjoy the Garden, and Night Attack Live both debuted at number one on the Billboard comedy chart. Michael Xavier is best known for his role as Logan Jones on the sci-fi series Bitten. Dave Tango is an investigator evidence analysis on the popular sci-fi show Ghost Hunters. Besides the paranormal, he enjoys photography, music, and magic. Steve Gonzalez is best known as the host of the sci-fi hit show Ghost Hunter and the spin-off show Ghost Hunter Academy. Fawn Davis, creator-director at Fonco, works with Stan Winston School and is an alumni of ILM. In his 20-plus year career, he has worked on over 30 feature films. Fawn worked on Star Wars, Matrix, Terminator, Starship Troopers, Pearl Harbor, Mission Impossible, Jurassic Park, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Interstellar, and Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Adam Kogan is the design director at Sparks Plugs Game and is honored to be the leading designer and story development on Firefly Online. His past credits include Robotech Battlecry, Infamous 2, and Kingdoms of Amilar. Amy Brunei is a historical researcher and paranormal investigator on the Sci-Fi Network show Ghost Hunters. Adam Berry was the season two winning of the sci-fi original series Ghost Hunter, uh, Ghost Hunter Academy and has been seen on Ghost Hunters for the past five years. Rebecca Isaacs is a comics illustrator best known for Buffy the Vampire Slayer season 10, Angel and Faith, and DVS Gods and Monsters. Afua Richardson is a comic book artist known for her Top Cow miniseries Genius. Other works include... Cyberblade, Wonder Woman, and cover art for Captain America, Mad Max, and Captain Marvel. David Ramsey can currently be seen playing John Diggle on the CW's Arrow. He so has to be either Guardian or John Stewart. Come on. Yeah, Guardian or John Stewart. Guardian or John Stewart. Yep. 50-50. Uh, 50-50 shot right now. Okay. Rachel Marie Burks is a chemist and researcher in academia. A blurred and the ivory tower, she often makes a tower break to talk about the science behind pop culture. She also smuggles pop culture into her classroom. William C. Brock is the host of Discovery Channel and Destination America's Monsters Underground. Oh, this one I'm excited about. Julian mm -hmm. Glover is an English actor who plays Grandmaster Pycelle Pi on HBO's Game of Thrones. He also has appeared in Doctor Who, Star Wars Episode Five, the Empire Strikes Back, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Katie Cassidy can currently be seen as Laurel Lance Black Canary on the hit CW series Arrow. Basically, Arrow's not filming this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're also going to be at Dragon Con. If they're filming, they're filming in Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah, basically. Well, you know, he was uh, he was on WWE last night, so. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ken Plume writes Doc's investigative co-host podcast, Plots and sing, sings horribly. <laughs> he runs Fred Entertainment, www, a site called Fred.com, where he hosts the interview series, A Bit of Chat with Ken Plume. Mike Furman is a musician and comedian and original partner in Hard and Firm with Chris Hardwick. Chris who? That name sounds familiar. I don't know where Chris Hardwick. Uh, I think he does porn. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Paul and Storm are a comedic duo who have been performing as a duo since 2004. Before that, they were half of the acapella band Da Vinci's Notebook. Hal Lublin is a core cast member of the Thrilling Adventure Hour stage show and podcast and writes material and performs voice in the weekly radio broadcast and podcast of The David Fellman Show. Mm -hmm. Gary Jones is an actor, comedian, best known for his Stargate SG-1 as the beloved gate technician, Chief Master Sergeant Walter Harriman. Mark Gagliardi is best known for the viral hit Drunk History and his work on stage in the Thrilling Adventure Hour. That's Croach the Tracker! It is Croach the Tracker. That's right. Macro Dude, do, not, do not make me give you my onus. Exactly. Melissa Fon has a big break in the voice of Betty Boop and has... Voiced Edward on Cowboy Bebop, Gaz on Invader Zim, Christy on Digimon Data Squad, Tia on Zach Bell, and much, much more. Bill Corbett is a former writer and performer for Mystery Science Theater 3000, for which he provided the second incarnation of the robot Crow and the all-powerful but clueless alien The Observer, a.k.a. Brain Guy. Frank Corniff 
is a comedian, writer, and performer who began his television career writing on Mystery Science Theater 3000, where he also played TV's Frank, the bubbling yet lovable mad scientist. Gary Chalk is a Gemini Award-winning actor, and he's appeared in over 100 movies and television shows, among them Cold Squad, Stargate SG-1, The Outer Limits, Transformers, and Godzilla. Tom Reed's historic UFO case launched Discovery Channel's Alien Mysteries in 2014. Tom has appeared on CSI Miami, Discovery, Travel Channel, Destination America, Paranormal Paparazzi, Canada AM, Interspace TV, and Fox Morning Show. Their encounter is a permanent fixture of the Roswell Museum and the G.T. Barrington M.A. Historical Society. Alan Johnson is a South Carolina-based professional screenwriter and fight choreographer. His screenwriting credits include The Freemason, starring Sean Astin, and Templar Nation, featuring Erica Strada. He currently has three other films in pre-production, has written several stage plays, and has also stage fights for theater and independent films. Colin Campbell is the lead developer at BioWare Montreal, working on the next entry to the Mass Effect franchise. Colin previously's titles include Kingdoms of Amular, Reckoning Rise of Nations, Rise of Legends, and the Xbox Live title, Catan. Trace Biolu was a founding writer-performer on Mystery Science Theater 3000, playing Dr. Forrester and Crow for the show's first seven seasons, as well as the feature film version. Scott Adist is an American writer, actor, and improviser best known for his role in Moral Oral on Adult Swim as Peter Hornberger on 30 Rock. And you know who else he is? Who is he? Baymax in Big Hero 6. Really? Yes. Oh, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, Michelle Belanger, best known for her work on Paranormal State. Belanger is the author of over two dozen books on the supernatural. Her work has been sourced by Marvel, CNN, MTV, True Blood, CSI, and others. Her fiction series, Conspiracy of Angels, debuts through Titan this October. Lloyd Kaufman is the president of Troma Entertainment, Inc., the world's oldest independent film studio. His latest 35mm feature is (laughs) Poltergeist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Cinema's first horror <laughs> satire on fast food industry with music. James Urbaniak provides the voice for Dr. Thaddeus Venture on the Venture Brothers, as well as the doctor's brother, Jonas Venture Jr., and the supervillain, The Phantom Limb. Dana Snyder is an actor, comedian, and raconteur. What's a raconteur? What's a raconteur? It's basically a man about town. Oh, well, okay. Is an Aqua Force hunger hunger uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force Master Shake, Squillbilly's Granny and Minor Dreams Doctor Wang. Jason Metcalf is currently a top regular cover artist for Xenoscope Entertainment on such titles as Grim Fairy Tales, Robin Hood Wonderland, and the new hit title Zombies vs Aliens. Jason has also done production art for HBO's Game of Thrones, the History Channel's Vikings, and Stanley's POW Entertainment. Todd McCaffrey is a New York Times bestselling author. He wrote his over a dozen novels and nearly 20 shorter works. Joyce Chin is currently providing the art on a number of covers for Dynamite, including Red Sonja, Alice Cooper, and Vampirella, as well as some recent X-Men covers for Marvel. Oh, Arthur Adams is coming back to Dragon Con. He's an award-winning artist who has become immediate fan favorite as the penciler of the critically acclaimed 1985 Long shot miniseries. 1985? That's yep. how long it came. 
Jeez, it just feels like yes. Arthur Adams has been around a long time drawing comics. He's a, he is so really amazing. amazing. Oh, he's he amazing. is. He's, no, he's, he's awesome. in my top ten. Oh, very much so. I loved Longshot. I thought it was oh. awesome. And they uh, recently announced that uh, the Eighth Doctor is coming to Dragon Con. Oh, really? Yes, Paul, yeah, Paul McGann. Paul McGann is coming to Dragon Con. So we're going to have two Doctors so far. So, so far. So far. So this should be kind of interesting. <laughs> so it there you go, Mikey. Indeed. It will indeed. That is a lot. In a bow. So. In a bow. <laughs> and it's not over yet. Oh, no. I, uh, I know that we've got some uh, a lot of big names that are still yet to be announced. So... Uh, and you know, it's like for any other con, this would be enough. This would be more than enough, mm-hmm. but it's dragon con. So we know there's still a lot more to come. True. So, oh, very cool. Well, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Um, and now, uh, I guess we'll start talking about some of the, the segments we've got coming up. Um, uh, I know that, um, dragon con, as we've mentioned many, many times is a, hectic place is a busy place is and that's that's a, a absolute understatement <laughs> yes. um but i understand if there are if there you know if the crowds are too much if there's too much noise if you know you meet that special someone and you want to get away just for a little while for some quiet time i uh, i understand you have some ideas on on where to go darren i do um you know it's one of those things where a lot of us are just geeks who like to like sit at home and read, watch TV, play our video games, um, and just do you know stuff solitary. And when we get together, sometimes we can get a little overwhelmed by all the magnitude of humanity that we're running into. And sometimes it's a good idea to just get away for a minute and try to find some quiet time, which can be a challenge at Dragon Con. I mean, if you have more than the normal number of roommates in your room, odds are getting any quiet time is going to be fairly impossible. Um, so you want to escape your room and find another place to go. Well, there's a few places you can try to go. Um, upstairs in the Hilton, there are some relaxing lobby areas. They're more quiet during the daytime than they are at night, but they have some couches and you can just kind of chill there for a couple of minutes, maybe read a chapter of your favorite book or something on your Kindle or whatnot. And then go rejoin the madness. Um, beyond that, there are some floors in the Marriott that are really if – you, if you can deal with heights in those elevators, I have a problem with those just because I, that's my thing is glass elevators freak me out. Um, if, you get, if you can get up to um, one of those levels where it's not so quiet, you'll still hear the lobby echo. That lobby echo is, is massive. I call it the roar of the dragon. That's actually where the <laughs> dragon lives. And you'll still hear that, but it'll be white noise, and you can kind of tune it out, and you can just kind of rest for a minute up on one of those upper floors and just kind of chill out for a little bit. Um, If you need to get away for longer than that, then I would suggest a little walking tour. I would go over to uh, where the Westin is and keep walking um, south and down one of those roads near the Ellis Hotel, which is one of the hotels that – is near Dragon Con. There's a cafe intermezzo, and it's a nice, dark, relatively quiet coffee shop. Um, it's a little fancier than your Starbucks, um, but you can get a nice cup of coffee and you can get a nice slice of cheesecake and just sit there for a little bit and be away from the madness that is Dragon Con. There's also a a, um, a 24-hour diner 
down that way. I know there's one connected to the Peachtree Center Plaza, but there's another one um, right down that way near um, Georgia State's building um, called the Adderhold Building. Yeah, because it's um, the, I think it's the Landmark Diner. <laughs> yeah, the Landmark Diner. Mm-hmm. And you can go in there and get some really decent food with big portions without having to wait like everyone else is waiting at that Peachtree Center um, Diner. And and mind you, it's a diner. It's food. They'll probably have some people, but compared to the thousands of people in the Peachtree Center food court, um, it'll probably be a little out of the way and probably be less traveled. So you can probably get a little more peace and quiet there. Other than that, I would suggest really getting on Marta. Um, take take the train and go north and um, just try to get away from people a little bit. If you get off at the um, Midtown Marta station. You, it's just a short walk to Piedmont Park where you can just walk for a little bit. And I know I just suggested you walk and you're walking all around Dragon Con. But there are some beautiful places where you can just sit and be quiet for a while um, on benches and read and just be outdoors for a little bit and be relatively quiet and peaceful. Yeah, and if you go south, you can go down to the airport where it's really quiet you know, compared to Dragon Con. Well, come on. It's not that quiet at the airport. Well, it's quieter than Dragon Con. <laughs> it's quieter than Dragon Con, but it's not that quiet. Um, other than that, um, there is a um, th- there's all these little itty bitty parks in town. Do some research and try to find one close to the hotel. There is one kind of near the hotel that I do not suggest because it is really near kind of what I call a shady area of town. Um, there is one near the Civic Center Marta Station and near the Civic Center Publix that is. Um, not a good place to be, in my opinion, during the day or night. So I would I would suggest you avoid that one that is closest to the hotels. I would I would go ahead and buy the Marta um, Pass to go up a few stops to kind of get away from that. Um, but other than that, there are certainly some bookstores. There's a there's a Barnes and Noble near Georgia Tech's campus, so you can get off at North Avenue or Midtown and walk to that. Um, fairly simple. You can just go into a, the Barnes and Noble for a minute, and books make everybody happy, right? <laughs> so that's a nice place to go. And you can go further up. There's some shopping up at Lenox, um, like Mike was telling us before the show started. So you can go to Lenox Mall and kind of peruse the food court there, but it won't be quiet because it's the weekend and it's Lenox Mall. So just keep that in mind. Uh, it depends on what your relative um, happiness for a quiet place is and how far you want to go from the con and how long you want to be away from the con. Um, and, of course, Decatur has the Decatur Book Festival. So if you want to go out that way, that's just a short martyr ride too. Exactly. Or if you want to walk down even to Centennial Park, mm-hmm. you know, just get a Yeah, it's away. not far away. No. It's not far away at all. It's like five blocks. Mm-hmm. So there, there's lots of opportunities to get away from the craziness that is Dragon um, without getting too terribly away from the bubble. But I guess it depends on how far you need and how much quiet you need because quiet is relative, as we all Absolutely. know. True. I mean, if you just need to get a nap, then put some, bring some earplugs to your hotel room, <laughs> pop those bad boys in, um, and as long as you haven't had a lot of alcohol, pop a Tylenol PM if you don't have anywhere to go, and just take a big nap. I mean, that's what you're really craving. But if you really just want to you know, clear your head for a few minutes, some of these places are easy to get to. Some of them are not. Now, you can get some quiet, and I, I'm, I'm putting air quotes on here. You can't hear – you can't see that because it's a podcast – but some quiet can be found sometimes in the video rooms at Dragon Con, which are usually in the basement of the Hyatt. Um, now, there'll be a movie going on, sure, but it's not thousands of people going, oh, my God, look, it's Arrow. Ah! You know, <laughs> there's, there's relative quiet, and then there's that. 
And of course, sometimes if um, it's late at night, sometimes you can go down into the gaming hall and it's really quiet aside from like a, the odd game of werewolf. I know people say they're all they're down there gaming all the time, but that's not really true. There there are some folks who gain twenty four hours, but it's really hard to do that day after day after day. So eventually breaks are taken, and it's not as crowded as it normally is, say at two o'clock in the afternoon. So it all depends really upon when you want to take your break and how much relative quiet you need to get in order to find that happy medium that you're like, oh, I feel better now. Now I'm ready to rejoin the fray, so to speak. Uh, Definitely. And that's, uh, and also, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, Dragon Con is an event and a, and a attraction all itself. I do hope that a lot of people who uh, come from out of state, you know, do make the uh, occasional um, visit to other places in, in Atlanta, uh, that weekend is probably not the best to do so. But if you come a little bit, you know, before or stay a little bit after, uh, there's some pretty good sights to see around Atlanta. Oh too. yeah, no Labor Day weekend here is nuts because between yeah. Dragon Con and you also have two football games at the Georgia Dome, you also have a baseball game going on at uh, Turner Field. Then you have a NASCAR race down south of the city. It's just nuts. You also have, what is it, Black Gay Pride? Yes. Also? Black Gay Pride. Yeah. Which, so. is, which will be in Piedmont Park. So you'll, that, that will be going on. But since Dragon Con starts on a Wednesday now and doesn't end until Tuesday night. Yes. You know, th- there's time to get away because a lot of these are just weekend-only events. And I do have an update about the football games coming up. Um, Georgia Tech is actually due to be in one of those games, either 2016 or 2017. And so that's going to be uh, even more something nuts. we're all going to have to deal with because Atlantans mm-hmm. will be coming out in droves for that. So that'll be fun, right? So Yeah, absolutely. But mm-hmm. it is possible to, uh, to, to get some time away. And uh, thanks, certainly Darren. Is. It certainly is. So now that we've uh, kind of got an idea on where some of the quiet spots of Dragon Con are, um, we've got with us, uh, once again, Kevin Batchelder is joining us uh, to talk about how to, uh, ways to manage the crowds. Uh, Welcome back to the station, Kevin. Oh, thank you. Always great uh, to be here every month talking about uh, con stuff for the newbies and otherwise. Yes. Well, um, and to that point, uh, whether you're a newbie or not, um, I know that uh, the crowds has become literally uh, the elephant in the room when it comes to Dragon Con. Uh, One of the things that people uh, talk about the most is how crowded it is. Um, Some people will not, you know, I used to go, but now I won't because of the crowds. Um, Crowds keep me away from that sort of thing. Uh, By a lot of, you know, geeks by nature, uh, are introverted, so of course crowds are a very scary thing. But uh, and I'm you know personally not a big fan of them. However, you know, and this is sort of a personal decision that everybody has to make for themselves about whether or not you know things are worth it uh, to in order to you know to deal with the crowd. Oh yeah, and that's you know you hear a lot of folks talk about as you just said crowd management, and you can't manage this. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. It's how you react to it and, and what kind of steps you want to take if it's something you really uh, are concerned about or, or how you like to approach it. It's, you know, 
Yeah, yeah there's so you only so much Dragon Con can do. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got, what was it, 62,000 people, I think the, um, Dan told us uh, earlier in the episode uh, from last year. And that's that's just a lot of people. No matter what you do, there's going to be places where there's just a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, a good pod really comes down to being aware of how the, the crowds are going to flow. The schedule itself, uh, a lot of folks are saying, well, I've been to a big con, be it uh, something in, in maybe in your area or a comic con. And uh, But uh, keep in mind, a lot of those are very much like a trade show. There's not uh, times when the crowds get really big and then drop off quite a bit. It's more of a steady flow. But with Dragon Con, with the panels lasting for an hour with 30 minutes in between, that's when you get to realize that kind of ebb and flow of the crowd. You know, if you're someone who's only going to a few events here or there and you don't have something planned, then pay attention to, you know, when it's panel time, when a panel's going on. And that's a better time to be moving around than two minutes after, you know, 40,000 of those people just got out of an event and they're all going to hit the hallway at the same time. Right. Uh, I, I would say, of course, um, if there are things that you definitely want to do on the schedule that are very important to you, whether they be panels or events or uh, late night activities or uh, autographs, etc., make sure that you allow the most time possible for those. Yeah, it's definitely uh, going to – even if you think you've got a handle on how busy it is, you're going to be amazed sometimes when you try to move through that mass of people how it might take longer than you think. So, and yes. it's better to be, you know, safe than sorry, literally. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I know that, um, you know, we, uh, when the first year that Shatner and Nimoy uh, came to Dragon Con, uh, I, you know, desperately wanted to, uh, the chance to meet them, uh, get their autograph. And uh, I did go to their panel uh, and, again, allowed plenty of time, got there really early um, so that we could, you know, wait in line for their panel, got in the room fine. Uh, and then immediately once the panel was over, we darted over to the autograph area uh, to uh, wait for that. Now, there was already some people there uh, waiting for the in the autograph area just because they, you know, they, they had decided that autographs and meeting them was much more important than actually seeing the panel. So, uh, of course, you know, we were, I don't know, maybe about 25, 30 uh, folks in. Uh, by the time we had gotten there, because we'd made a beeline straight to there. Um, and that's a that's the thing that's very helpful too. Um, the tours that uh, Kevin and his uh, crew offer, as well as uh, the um, video crew that uh, Mike and, and we have done uh, to get a layout of the uh, hotels and, the, and, and where everything is, that helps you manage the crowd, you know, sort of manage your way so you're not s- stuck. The last thing you want to do is end up over in the Sheridan when you should be at the Westin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, and that was our other tip that I had was to – not so much a plan ahead, but if you're at an event and you know where you want to go next, visualize where you're going so that you don't come out with, you know, a hundred or a thousand other people from a room and not know where you're going because the crowd will push you in a certain direction if you're not uh, authoritative enough to start realizing where you're going. And this comes in uh, very important and very – Handy if you have other friends that were at an event, but you weren't sitting together or you're a couple rows apart. And let's say it's a big Q&A panel with a celebrity and a thousand people are letting out, you know, trying to 
connect with them to go walk to your other event can be very difficult if you folks aren't sure where you're going ahead of time. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good idea to meet somewhere that's outside of a, a panel or a, a room. Um, yeah, a little bit away from those exit doors, a floor up or towards <laughs> the front door of a hotel or something to give you a little buffer will really yeah. make it a lot easier, especially if you're new and don't know the certain hallway or exactly your bearings, as you said earlier, whether you're heading towards the Sheridan or the Westin. Uh, you know, get, get a familiar spot that you kind of recognize where it is and how to get to it, even if it's a couple extra steps to get there, just so everybody's got the familiarity of meeting up and then you can all learn together if you're new too. Now, one of the things that Dan told us earlier as well is that the habit trails are going to be one way only this ah, year. There you go. See, this is so, why I love listening to the podcast, learn new stuff every time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really going to be interesting. Um, obviously, there's going to be some bumps around that because we're all going to have to get used to, I believe they're all going clockwise uh, between the hotels and the food court. So, um, so that's going to be really interesting to see, you know, of course, you know, it's going to take a while to, to sort of master that. It's going to be interesting to see them trying to enforce that too. Well, I mean, it's, it'll be pretty easy. I mean, if you've got five people deep, there's no way you're going to be able to get in one. (laughs) Oh no, agreed. But if you're like, you know. It's just going to be interesting, like especially from the food court. Oh, wait, wait. You got to go the other way. You know, that type of thing. You can't yeah. – if you're at the food court, you can't go right to the Hyatt, yeah. right through the thing. But yeah, the, I always know this hallway is the way I go. Oh, you can't today. It's it's going the other direction. But this yeah, is also so – I hope perfect. they don't switch it up on us depending on which day. On it's counterclockwise day. day. <laughs> Yay. Clockwise. Yeah. Um, but this, well, this is I also think- a perfect – Example, though, folks, of what we, all of us here and many other folks on the podcast have been talking about for months, flexibility, go with the flow, realize yeah. things change, Literally. even if you thought you knew where you were going, like all of us been going for many years, and now I just heard that some of my, my good shortcuts might not be there. So that's okay. I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Well, and here's the other thing, too. I think if you're the kind of person that really, uh, you know, gets physically um, uncomfortable around a lot of people it's best to stay away from the habit trails. Um, get outside. And, you know, I mean, granted, it's a maybe it'll take a little bit longer. Um, and uh, hopefully the weather will be on your side. But you will not feel as confined. Well, the yeah. truth, in all truth, though, really is outside is your friend. It's the quickest way to get through a lot of the places. Absolutely. And that is exactly what you were saying, Mike, is we've we've had some folks certainly in the newbie group say, hey, you know, I'm looking forward to the con, but really I do get a little uh, uncomfortable around too many people in one spot. And that's where a lot of folks chime in and say, hey, then like you just said, Mike, outdoors is your friend, might be a little warmer, might break a sweat a little bit, but you will certainly feel more comfortable when you can walk outside. A, there'll be less people. B, you'll have the nice sky to see, <laughs> the yellow ball, <laughs> hopefully no rain. But it also will will sometimes be a quicker walk, uh, certainly the busy times like the Saturday afternoons and so forth. Those hotels, even if you're comfortable with the crowd, are really crammed. And those, you know, the nice streets of Atlanta can be a, a decent and comfortable walk. And you will be much more relaxed feeling. You won't feel as confined. Yes, just be prepared for the heat and humidity. Yeah, that's the biggest. Just prep for that. Let's face it, many of us are not in the best shape in the world. And 
if you are down, let's say, around the Hilton and you need to get up to the Westin, that's a pretty steep uphill climb. So bring so, oxygen packs. That's what we're trying yeah, to tell you. Well, patience. we'll be talking to Michelle in the next segment about how to get even more fit for that. There you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> so hopefully that won't be an issue. <laughs> no, but also, and one of the things too, and this came back to, I think, one or two months back on some newbie suggestions, and it even applies to if you've been a couple of times, don't overbook yourself trying to hit every time slot so you're literally running between the sessions and if you skip a few things, you find you're a little more relaxed. You don't mind the crowd as much because mm-hmm. if it takes you a little longer, that's okay. You might stumble across a great little table for fan info or a cool costume to see. You know, don't don't be running with your head down because um, you don't want to face the crowd and you feel like you're pressured to get somewhere. Build in a little downtime, and and it makes the crowd easier to deal with too. And you, you can just laugh I, at everyone also, rushing through. I, I also <laughs> think that you know personally that, you know, there's a lot of people who are frustrated for waiting in line. You don't want to spend half the morning or half the evening waiting in line for stuff and et cetera. I get that, you know, however, um, you know, you can, there are ways that, uh, you know, the line can be quote unquote, your friend. Um, now back in the days when registration used to take five or six hours, um, I can remember, uh, dragon con. I don't think this was an official, uh, explanation, but certainly it was one that uh, they like to tout, which is, um, yeah, we could think of a better, easier, you know, faster system, but we like the fact that, you know, at this convention, you, when you're waiting in line, you get to know your, you know, line neighbors and you get to uh, bond with people and have uh, more social activity with them. Now, that, you know, is pretty. Lame excuse, but it's it's true. I mean, there's been a lot of times where I've gotten to know people and talk to people um, in line, and it's been a great experience doing so. Uh, also, if you're in line with people that you know, you know, I mean, how how can that be like a bad thing? You know, if you're if you're there to to hang out with your friends, you can hang out and while you're waiting for something, and then the time will fly pretty fast. I think. Oh, it is because it's perfect planning time for what we're doing later in the day or maybe figuring in the meal break or maybe asking someone in the line, hey, I'm looking for, you know, a quick meal or a sit down or a nice restaurant or what's good in the food court. Again, strike up that conversation because it is a very welcoming environment. And Uh, I guarantee you if you're standing in line somewhere, you're going to be just, you know, people watching. There's going to be tons of people that are going to walk by you in various costumes. So it's not going to it shouldn't be dull. Mm hmm. There is nothing dull about trafficking con, Mike. You know that. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. And and, and you mentioned a little earlier, too, with some of those walkways to the food court. For those who are maybe new and haven't been there, again, for it's a great place, lots of different choices to get something to eat. But anywhere near the the lunch and dinner hour, that is going to be insanely busy. So if you really are crowd-phobic, Better plan your walks to the food court if that's where you're going, maybe a little off hour for your meal because that's just insanely busy all, you know, certainly all the time, but especially if you're getting anywhere near noon or six o'clock at night and such. So keep that in mind, folks. It's naturally a big magnet and it's going to be tough. You're talking about some lines. You're going to have some lines just to get your food and to find a place to sit and so forth. Oh, and that's to- not a bad time also. I mean, there are 
a lot of other uh, eating venues within walking distance uh, that you can go outside and you don't have to deal with the food court. So exactly. you can actually sit down, breathe, and have someone wait on you. Again. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, trying to get, get a seat at the food court is kind of an adventure in itself. Isn't it? Yes. But it is the same as the lines. Also, I've met many friends there by just, you know, the tables are big with 10, 12 seats. Oftentimes you grab a seat, everybody's understanding, and you get to talk to someone new. So it is. It's a very social situation. You don't have to, but it's also much more common to see folks strike up a conversation. Um, and now it's always fun when I see someone with their head buried in the printed program because you can tell they're fair, probably fairly new and they're trying to get a handle on what to do. And if, you know, just a little thought of, oh, hey, you know, you first time to con and, you know, how many times I've said that, which turns into a 15 minute, you know, open, opening discussion about, oh, yeah, and I have no idea what this is and how do I find that? And, oh, yes, you're so helpful. Thank you. You know, it, it makes folks more. I'm sure you also get, oh, you're the newbie guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do no, get no. a little of, of that course, now, but of that's... course he gets. Hey, you're the ESO guy. <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only. Right, we we can. Yeah. No, it's it's nice because we do start to hear people talk about the tours. You know, Kim and many of the other folks who actually lead those, they'll be saying, "Oh, I saw her tour group. Was that something related to?" Yes, it was. You know, ask questions, keep an open mind. You never know. Yeah, definitely. Now, obviously, I mean, again, if you're really uh, in a position where mentally physically you really can't take uh a, a lot of people then dragon con just really you know i'm afraid just isn't the convention for you um uh it's it just there's just you can't get around it i mean sure you could come on the quiet days but um that was maybe true maybe five years ago there's no such thing as quiet days now i mean Thursday even is just as packed as Saturday used to be. If so, you guys want a quiet day at Dragon Con, come the week after. Yeah. <laughs> the other 361 days a year. There you go. So, uh, but, but also, you know, I, uh, it is, it definitely is, you know, for those of you who are kind of wondering, is it worth it and everything? I think, you know, there are ways that you can make it uh, a, a more a pleasurable experience. Uh, there are, you know, if you stick to one track, if you, you know, um, yes. uh, use some of the uh, tips that we said, I, I think it's very possible and you can have a wonderful time so that, you know, afterwards you were not thinking, oh, the crowds were horrible. You're thinking instead, wow, that was totally worth it. And I got to do it again next year. Yeah. And that idea about maybe sticking to one or two tracks that might end up with rooms near each other is what works for a lot of folks the first time or two they come. Cause again, there's less walking. There's mm -hmm. less immersion and a lot of that. And you literally then have a spot where you're avoiding the big crowds for a good part of the day. If you're hanging around, you know, the classics track or Whedon track or whatever it might be, um, you know, you might tend to get a little more comfort level there if you do it that way. So a lot of newbies will do that, just a smaller focus. I mean, we're talking as people who love to run around to different events. So we're hitting the crowds every every hour. But you don't have to if, if you want to focus on just a certain area. And also, yeah. folks, remember, this is not an all-you-can-eat buffet. Pick and choose, you know. Take, <laughs> you know, give yourself a little breathing time, like we've been saying. If you do, you'll be much more fun, relaxed, and you might actually enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. well, that's, the, that's the plan. That's so, the plan. <laughs> things that we can do to help you enjoy Dragon Con even more. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. My pleasure. Where can My people pleasure. find you online? Uh, for our newbie stuff, you can go to dragonconnewbies.org, and we'll have all kinds of links to helpful resources for the newbies. And I also, being a big podcaster, if you're a fan of genre TV and 
B-movies, you can find me at tuningintosci-fi-tv.com. And of course, closer to and closer that we get to the con, I'm sure you'll be getting your panel schedule and you'll be able to, to, to see you on all sorts of panels as well. So, uh, well, until next month, thank you so much. My pleasure. Take care, gang. And now we are joined once again by Michelle Biddick-Simmons to talk about uh, some... Uh, now, I know that uh, at DragonCon... Uh, you know, it's it's it really is a marathon and a sprint combined. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. And I can remember a few years ago when uh, it was really popular to have those little digital uh, things that you could hook up to your wrist or your belt, and it would track like the number of steps that you took. Right. And uh, I remember a friend of mine saying that uh, I think he had walked the equivalent all weekend of I think it was like ten miles. Um, and I so. But now tracking devices are a lot more sophisticated. Oh yes, um, a lot more accurate in terms of that. Uh, so, but uh, I understand that you have pretty good idea of some of the ones that uh, are 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 helpful to use prior to or just in your normal workout as well as for during DragonCon. Well, um, a lot of us have Fitbits. I have a small one. Paul has one. Um, me, and me, so me, me, me. I got one too. You have one too. Yeah, that's right. You're on there. Um, but. What I what I wanted to do is like we have people that have jaw bones, we have people that have the Garmin, and there's so many other ones out there, and they're they're becoming more sophisticated, and there are so many groups that are jumping on the bandwagon. Um, so I, I'm covering that, and I'm also covering some apps that I really like. Sure. But the the best ones seem to be across the board because they're the forerunners in this, and they're the ones that seem to be the largest market share. Our Fitbit, which you can go from anywhere from $50 up to $250, plus if you get the maintenance or, or the, the insurance thing on it, it's going to be like 300 and something um, for the surge. And then um, the second one is Jawbone, which also has a wide range of prices. Um, it's a little different from Fitbit. I have not used that one yet, but we have a lot of people on Dropby that have it and love it. And then the Garmin, um, the Vivo Active, the Vivo Smart, and then there's another one called Swim that is obviously for swimming. Um, because most of them can be in the water to some extent, but I wouldn't suggest it even if they say so, because some of the things I've read that they say keep them on when you shower, you can wear them in the shower, and yet some of them have had issues. Um, now Fitbit, Paul has a little tiny one that he got through work and he loves it. And it does, it's really interesting to me that the fact that it kind of looks like space invaders when he gets his 10,000 steps or more, this little thing comes up and has a party and, um, it's, it's cute, but I swear it looks, we both are like, Oh my God, it looks like one of the little creatures from, um, space invaders, one of the invaders. So we like that. And it does, um, it does little other happy face things and odd little things. And he likes that. It's very basic. When we went to get mine, I was going for the Charge HR, which is the hottest one, honestly. They sell out insanely quickly. And um, we went to Best Buy, but I had done, like, comparison shopping and got hunting around. And you can get a good price for them on, like, Amazon and a few other places, but you really have to hunt. Part of it is the next one up for that one is the Surge, which is really expensive. Um, I just wanted the the HR aspect of it, the heart rate aspect of it, and that was why I was going for the Charge. However, they didn't have any in the large, and and even skinny, I have big bones, so that it was not going to happen. And what we decided was I got the Surge, and I was going to give it to Paul 
um, at some point once I got one that wasn't black, because this thing is huge, and it kind of looks like a, a scuba diving thing. Oh, I just bumped my little one that I have on, and it just made a little face at me. But um, but the Surge, I loved. Oh, my God, you guys, I loved that thing. However, it did not love me. I ended up having to go to the doctor because it looked like a dog had been chewing on my wrist, and I was switching the wrist almost every day and wow. doing all the things they tell yeah doing all the things they tell you to keep it dry underneath and and um all this and I still have it's almost I think it's 5 days now and I still have areas on my wrist that are torn up and I'm I'm having to put stuff on it all the time and then the other thing was I was like why am I in so much pain and I went to my chiropractor to get adjusted and he was like are you wearing one of those things I was like yes he goes is it one of the ones with the lights which is what they have for the HR it's this constant little light thing that's in contact with you to get a read on you. Well, it was giving me intense pain. And I didn't think about it, but I'm I'm one of those people that's sensitive to stuff. He's had other people that come to him, other patients that have had the same issue, including two doctors, that that the thing is it's not everybody, but some people it's really bothering. So be aware of that. However, if I could have my surge again and not have my wrist look horrible or be in intense pain, I would have it in a heartbeat. I loved that one. It tracked my sleep. It it did all sorts of stuff and absolutely loved it. Um, I have a friend that feels the same way about her Garmin and would like, she absolutely adores it. She goes on to drop by and talks about it all the time. A couple of the people that have Jawbone, they're not quite as enthusiastic, but they still love it. Um, mm. But I will tell you across the board what I'm finding is this. Even if you are not walking, well, if you are walking, you still have to get your hand moving because sometimes it does not pick up the steps. Um, and so it's kind of difficult if you're mowing or if you're pushing a stroller or something, your natural inclination is both hands to be on there. So it may not be picking up the steps because it's reading your movement, but it's also reading the arm movement. So if you're doing the dishes, you may be getting steps in <laughs> or as one of the drop buyers discovered, she was at her, I think her son's graduation and was applauding and she got in thousands of steps. <laughs> so there are limitations on what these things can actually do. So oh, sure. Really, if you go to a concert need... or something and you're yes. dancing around or something, you're getting steps even though you're not walking, but you're moving around and your your body picks it up all the time. Right. So when I'm doing the dishes, I usually dance, so I count that as steps. I don't mind it at all. Now, some of them also... Um, will if the, if it's like the the Garmin, it won't pick up when you're going upstairs. From what I understand, which we've had a couple of problems with um, with like your phone stuff, the phone apps that you can use because it's running off of GPS. Well, the GPS doesn't get that you're standing in place doing this. So sometimes they won't pick up your steps in place, and if you're climbing stairs, it won't count it. Which is one of the things I loved about my surge. It would actually see the change in elevation and count my stairs for me. Loved that. Missing badly. The one I have now is the Flex, which is really not the most basic, but it's one of the more basic ones because I could not have um, the HR band was too big and then the, the heart rate, I mean the charge was too big and then the heart rate, um, I, I, I don't think I can ever do the lights again. This one's really basic. I miss my surge, but I love this one and it's doing really well for me. Now, as I said, there are others that are in this that um, Sony has a smart band talk. I have not found much on that. 
and I haven't been able to find anybody to talk to me about it because no one I know has it. Um, at least no one's said they have it. And then there's another one called Runtastic Orbit that I've read about, and it's supposed to be really great if you're a runner, but again, I haven't found anybody that actually has that. But I found like 17 or 18 other ones. Two of them are supposed to be out soon. Never heard of them, but they've gotten really good reviews. However, I don't know anybody that has them, so I don't know how easily accessible they're going to be. Um, and from there, I'm going to say this. you can. One of the best things, like I love Fitbit, but I know Jawbone has this and Garmin has this communities where you can go and if you are someone that needs competition to keep you going, having other people doing things and you're in competition with them helps a lot. We have a Drop by Dragon Con group that, um, that the lovely, lovely Jennifer Peacock Gregg set up for us, and that actually helps a lot. You can go on and um, you go on Fitbit and you can pull up your community on Drop by Dragon Con and you can see what your standing is and activity points and, and um, overall. And it, it helps me a lot um, because I've gone from like my average is still around 5,000 a day but I'm getting more where I have two or three, even four days a week, where I'm hitting the 10,000 plus. And even though this little flex is not as impressive as the surge is with the party on your wrist when, you know, you hit your points, this one does vibrate and do little, like, the little lights go back and forth and dance. And so I know today when I was working in the yard, I hit my 10,000. And um, hopefully tonight I will be hitting 15,000 because I'm pretty close. But um, last night I was up trying to get my 10,000 in and it hit 12 midnight, damn it, at like 600 steps to go. So that's one of the things that really will push you to, you want to, you want to get that watch to react. One of and the you, most frustrating things is getting that close and to midnight. I know <laughs> I missed it by like 50 steps once. Uh, and I was just like, no, I was at a music <laughs> festival and I was like trying to get to it. And I was just like, no, but it does, it gets you to, I mean, it really makes you want to get that. And I've done the thing where I pace the hallway. The cats think I'm insane, but I'm inside. I'm like, I'm not going back out. I've already showered. Let me just do this and get my steps in. And I, I like mine. I wish the Surge didn't have the light thing. I wish they came up with another technology. I have not had a problem with the Flex at all. My wrist does not mind it. Other people had a problem with the little metal part on it. So far, I've, I haven't had anything. I have seen things about Garmin and Jawbone also having some wrist stuff. And it seems to be because the material itself is, it feels like a neoprene. And against your skin, when you sweat or anything, that just makes it into a swamp. And, and you know, you, you need to keep it dry, etc. But if you are sensitive, um, I'm going to suggest you go with one of the smaller ones or just stick with your phone. Well, it's interesting because my sister uses one of the smaller ones, but she clips it to her bra strap, actually. And That's something else um, that what they were saying is since you don't pick up your um, hands movement when you're walk walking, you know, with your hands up or pushing a stroller or something, a lot of people will do that to the bra strap or to the foot. And, you know, like somehow figure out a way to have it on the foot and it, it does really well. It's interesting because, you know, I'm always jealous because when she goes to like, you know, the music festivals or she's, you know, on her treadmill or something, she has a little bit of, no offense, but the bounce. bounce. <laughs> no, none taken. I totally understand that. And if you haven't seen what I put up on Facebook today <laughs> on the, the Drop by Dragon Con thing, that, that made me think of it. There's actually a 
cream out there for if you, and you guys are going to crack up, that if you have large breasts and you have a sweating issue, which all women with large breasts during the summer are going to have that happen, and it's actually a cream that turns into a powder that's specifically for that. And I saw this, and I'm like, I am sharing this because every female I know that has large breasts is going to think of this and, and going to be like, oh, my God, why didn't I create this? So every year before Dragon Con, I start finding products like that and posting about it. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, as much as I hate to admit it, it's not just women. <laughs> oh, Mike, that's why you're on Dropby. Well, I help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's apparently able to be used in other areas as well. Let me just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am covering some of the apps. Um, I, we, Paul and I use several apps. I love um, a couple of them, and Paul's been using one that he really loves. But um, the thing is with, with the apps, a lot of them that are on iPhone are not on Android yet. Still don't understand that. But if they're on Android, more than likely they are already out there on iPhone. Um, you can pay for some. I would rather just find stuff that's free, that works well, read the reviews. And then if you really, really like something, go ahead and pay the subscription fee if you want to have an upgrade on it. A lot of the times the subscription fee the upgrade that you actually get are new stories or new maps or, or just little things that are unlocked just because you're paying for it. Um, okay, the first one is a thing called Workout Trainer. It's free on Android. I believe it's on iPhone as well. It's really cool because if you are someone who travels a lot or you want to have a workout um, but you're not able to get to something, you know, you don't have the creative mind to come up with something um, or just can't think that way right now, Go, you go in and they have a library of workouts and you can choose different things to try. So this is also a good way to try things. But part of it I really like is you can customize it for yourself and save it by putting workouts together or choosing things you really like or stuff that really challenges you and you kind of hack it together and you make it um, the way you want it and you can save it. And that one has a subscription that opens up more options and more things that you're able to do with it. And I really, if you are someone that travels a lot, that one I really, really like. Because when you're in the hotel room, you can bring you know, your mat and grab one of the towels and you can do a lot of stuff in the room. Um, and then there's another one. I've never heard of this one before, but a friend of mine really likes it. It's called JFIT, J-E-F-I-T. It's on Android and free, and I think it's also on iPhone. Um, this one is if you're really wanting to learn how to lo- or to use weights and pump iron, as it were. Um, this one, it, it goes over different exercises. It will give you entire sequences of exercises for, like, upper body, legs. It'll set up, you can set up your schedule for, you know, each week because you really don't want to work the same area twice. You need to let muscle fibers actually rest before they actually um, rebuild themselves. That's actually, that's, I'm going to use actually a lot tonight. Um, that's how you create denser muscle fiber is by challenging it, breaking it down just a little bit and letting it rebuild itself. This is supposed to be really good. One of my friends who does weightlifting loves this because he's, he said that it really shows you how each thing works. Um, and that one also has a subscription that opens up more options as they all do. Um, phyto- I'm going to say it wrong. Phytocracy, um, the group, you know, the, the community on online, um, it actually has a really large library. It has an app. And if you have a competitive spirit and you really need to have other people that you can beat, <laughs> this one's a really good app. 
Um, I know someone that loves this one because he likes to go on and see whose buddy's kicking that day, and it keeps him really going. So we know that one's good. Um, you guys have heard of this one, The Zombies Run. That one has been redone a little bit, and they've added more to it. Um, it's free on iPhone and on Android. It really gets you moving. This, the thing is, when you start and you're new, you get like four adventures. If you do the subscription through them, and I think it's $2.99 a month, but don't, don't, or excuse me, I think it's $2.99, um, but I'm not sure if it has to be redone each year, et cetera. I think you just buy it. But what it does is by paying for it, you get new adventures, and you get them more often because after a while you know where the zombies are going to be, and this way it gets you, something new gets you moving more. Um, and I have a lot of friends that love that one. I've done it a couple of times. I used to have it on my phone. I had to take it off because it was stressing me out. <laughs> Not a good thing when you're at the gym on the treadmill. Um, Paul is using this one and absolutely loves it. It is free. You can also do the subscription. The 30-Day Ab Challenge. One of the things I really like about it is Paul is not supposed to, because of the car accident we were in years ago, Paul's not supposed to um, do things with his legs when he's doing ab work. And this actually will give you other recommendations of it. And he's going through it really quickly. Okay, I'm going to try to do this quickly because I know we have to wrap up. Um, map my run or walk. I absolutely love these. You can go in and create a route for future use. I've already done one for November for Atlanta for an event we're going to. You can also go in and find routes other people have created. So if you're going someplace that you haven't been before and you know where you're staying, you can go in and actually find a route that someone's already put in for running or walking. Um, here are some unusual ones. Lolo or Lolo Fit. I like this idea. You can put this on your phone and it actually will grab um, and beat sync um, the music to your actual pace and it grabs your own music. There's another one called SpecTrack, which I think is really interesting. It uses your GPS and it gets you walking or running around, but it's supposed to be like a ghost hunt. If anybody does this, please let me know how it is because I've only read about it. Um, then there's the water ones. Waterlogged, it's for iPhone. I haven't done that one. One of my friends uses it. One is called Water Your Body on Android. I like that one. My favorite one is Carbodroid. This reminder is hilarious, and there's this little guy that you, every time you tap it to let him know that you're drinking, he fills up. There's another one called Plant Nanny that is kind of amazing looking. Um, it, every time you drink, you're watering a little plant and it grows. Um, there's a special thing right now that's, that, because um, I contacted them, there's a thing called Wakamon, W-O-K-A-M-O-N, it's like a Tamaguchi on your phone, and it's an app that every time you walk, this little creature grows larger, and they're looking for beta testers for the Android, and they, I contacted them, and they actually said, you know, put it out there. Um, so if you go on Facebook and go to W-O-K-A-M-O-N and let them, like, contact them via message, you can end up being one of their beta testers for the Android, which is a really cool thing to do. Um, but our group is Drop by Dragon Con Fitbit Edition. That's the Fitbit group. Um, and I'm going to do this really quickly. Okay, we have 100 days as of tomorrow. And I'm challenging everybody out there who is going to Dragon Con 
to get off their butts. And for 100 days, I want you to walk to Rivendell. It's 458 miles. And if you do 4.6 miles a day, or you do two days a week with more miles and you take one day off, you can actually do it in the time that we have until DragonCon. I got it in, even though we're a little over. <laughs> Very good. And that's an excellent challenge. And I, I, I hope to be up to that challenge myself. Uh, we definitely encourage everybody who's listening to participate. And, of course, uh, stop by the, the Facebook group, drop by DragonCon uh, to check in, correct? We're a great group. We are an amazingly good group. And Absolutely. I, I love every person on there. We, we are so supportive. And even we've had like one little flare-up. And the entire time, in the, I think nine years I've run it, we've had two flare-ups that I've had to remove threads. And I've decided it's when we start getting in the 100-day to Dragon Con, people get really nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can understand that. Well, I guess we'll see because uh, next month we'll be checking in with you as well. And now, once again, we have what joining us, Eternal Zan, uh, with the latest information on hotel news and notes. Welcome back to the station, Zan. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, um, so I understand that um, uh, now they're probably gone now, but I understand that some of the hotels did release some uh, some rooms for Dragon Gone. Yes, in the last month, the Hyatt opened rooms and the Weston opened rooms. Um, unfortunately, by the time of this podca- podcast, they were both closed because, as we've discussed before, windows open and close very quickly. They're also, the good news is when things open, although I highly encourage you to be in, involved in some dedicated communities – for finding rooms, which we've gone through a list of those before, people also do post them on the main Facebook page and the unofficial Facebook group. So for those who don't know, there's actually two. There's the official DragonCon Facebook group that is, of course, linked from DragonCon.org, and then there's an unofficial one. So the unofficial one only has maybe 3,000 fewer members. They've both got... Uh, close to 20,000 members. One of them, I think, has 17,000. The other one, okay, maybe closer to 10,000, I think, has 13,000. The unofficial one is very well moderated as well. So I think sometimes people maybe are a little hesitant about joining an unofficial group, like it's the wild, wild west, and it's just full of spam, but it's totally not. So I definitely encourage people to be part of both if they're on the lookout for a room, because some people... You know, they'll just post in the official group because that might be the only group they're a member of. They might not be members of the subgroups and you don't want to miss out. But of course, those things do quickly get reposted and shared to the dedicated communities where that's the sole purpose for them existing. Yeah, I'm guessing that. And, you know, usually it happens. It, it, I mentioned it must happen pretty fast. I mean, by the time that an announcement is made, um, you know, you you have probably only maybe a matter of minutes, if not uh, certainly an hour or two before, you know, that that's not valid anymore. The Westin seemed to stay open for close to a day. So that surprised me. The Hyatt went much faster. The, that's, uh, that's pretty good news. So there's definitely still hope. But since we're within the 100 days, I think the more sources of information that you're keeping track of at this point, the better. There also was news, which this gets really nerdy. 
Apparently, there is House Bill 170, the Transportation Funding Act of 2015, which has a bunch of lawyer talk. And I followed a couple threads which, with a bunch of comments saying how this might affect us. But it boils down to all hotels in Georgia will be getting an additional $5 a night fee. And this, this is where people went back and forth on the comments about when it would be effective, but it says effective after July 1st. So this seems to indicate no matter what room you have, you can expect a little extra fee, which, as you know, I always recommend people budget a little bit more than they think they're going to need anyway. And this is why. This isn't the first time a hotel has gotten more expensive after you've made your reservation. Sometimes they do tack on fees or increase the cost for things that you get in your room, like a rollaway bed or the Wi-Fi or your refrigerator costs. That's happened many times. Understood. Understood. Um, any other news? Sure. Uh, we still have room. Oh, just so people know where to book. Starwoodhotels.com is where you can book the Westin and the Sheraton. They do not use Passkey. For the Marriott and the Hyatt, if you save the original booking links from booking day... I suggest trying those throughout the year because sometimes they work. The, when the Hyatt opened back up, you could get it at the Dragon Con rate using the original booking link from like way back in September. So once you have those booking links, definitely hang on to those. Uh, the other news, uh, if you're looking to be in the parade, the Dragon Con Eternal members fan group, which is a fan group not officially connected with Dragon Con, we still have spaces. And our theme is eternity or immortality. So vampire, zombie, whatever you want there, just as long as it's kind of vaguely in that theme, we're not too picky. You're welcome to join us. And how you would do that if you're on Facebook is just look up Dragon Con Eternal members and join that group. You don't have to be an Eternal member to join or participate in any of our events. We wanted to be very welcoming. And then there's an events tab with all of our events, and you can just skip to the parade event. You can also get information on it in DragonCon forums. There's an eternal member section in there, and there's a specific post on the parade. Are either of you going to be in the parade this year? No. I actually haven't ever really participated in the parade. I, I'm just too busy. I cannot. Uh, I usually do. Actually, for the last few years, I've actually been on panels while the parade's been going on. Now, are those panels very full? Um, not extremely, but you know, they, they, the show must go on, right? So that's a great time to go to a panel then, no lines. Well, I'll tell you what, a great time. Uh, one year, um, I, uh, went to do, to get celebrity autographs while the parade was going on. And, uh, I, I got in to see Patrick Stewart, I'm sorry, Sir Patrick Stewart, um, very quickly, uh, simply just because there was hardly any wait at all because, you know, everybody was at the parade. So as long as the celebrity that you want an autograph from is not participating in the parade, um, the Walk of Fame is a pretty good uh, place to be um, and pretty empty while the parade's going on. Okay, yeah, great. You know what else I, I've done right after the parade? If you're having your photo protection professionally taken by Brian Humphreys, who this last year, and I believe the year before, was on the lowest level of the Marriott. Yes. He did not have a line. So oh, right sweet. after the parade, you're still in your parade outfit, and maybe you're going to change out of it because now it's all gross and sweaty. 
then just get your picture taken right then in your awesome parade outfit. I know a lot of people have outfits just for the parade. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great idea as well. Very nice. Um, now, here's one thing I don't think we've covered in a little while. Would you like to cover how to transfer a reservation? Absolutely. That was one of the things that uh, I know this time of year, a lot of people are finding that they are unable to go for some reason. Um, so um, they need to know how to transfer it. And uh, for just to make sure that people are safe on the other end of that of that transaction, um, yeah. how, the, how the best way to go about that is. Yeah, you're exactly right. You really have to be careful on both ends of it. So we're going to do the, the short version here, but I did a big info dump on the DragonCon wiki. So if you want to view the, the whole, all my tips and tricks, you can Google DragonCon wiki hotels, and that should land you on the page where there's a section called how to transfer or trade a hotel reservation. And I wrote that. Um, my first bit of advice is to choose a time to do this and allow at least an hour because a lot of reservations, particularly in the Hyatt and the Marriott, I'm not sure about the Hilton this year, and I don't think this part applies to the Weston or the Sheraton, but the Hyatt and the Marriott are really trying to make it more difficult for people to transfer rooms because of issues with in the past with scalpers. So your reservation might even say it's not transferable, but if you read the fine print, it will also say that there might be a $50 fee for you to make any changes to your reservation. So on one hand, it says you can't make any changes. And on the other hand, it says you can make changes. We're just going to charge you for it. Right. So, yeah. So it's a little contradictory there. You know, read the fine print, definitely. And so what this means, if you have a reservation where it says it's non-transferable, most likely you're not going to be able to click the modify reservation text in your confirmation email and modify the reservation online because it won't let you do anything online. So what you want to do is call the 404 number, call the number with the Atlanta area code, not the 800 number, and ask for in-house reservations and you'll be talking directly to the hotel. So call the Hyatt or the Marriott directly and then get a hold of somebody, give them your confirmation number, and what you're going to say is, I'd like to add somebody's name on my room. And that's all you're doing. At no point should you give anybody your credit card number. And if anybody asks for it, then find somebody else to trade with. Absolutely. So then once you have, like, let's say I'm giving somebody my room, I would call the hotel and say, I want to put somebody's name on my room and put it on. And if they tell you they can't do it, just call the next day. You'll talk to somebody else. So the key here is, is persistence. Just be really polite and persistent. They might say, Oh, it's read only. I can't modify anything or go up the chain. You know, just calmly explain your roommate's going to get there before you. And you'd really like to make this change so they can check in. Once you have the other person's name on the reservation, have the other person pay you back the non-refundable deposit you've already paid. And this is the tricky part. If you're the person paying somebody and you don't know them very well, which is very likely if you if it's this close, you know, if you could have gotten a room from a friend, you probably would have done it at this point. So pay them in a way that you can get your money back. 
like with a credit card where you can dispute the charge or with PayPal, but don't use the I'm sending money to a friend. So you might want to pay a little extra on PayPal or use a credit card so that you know if this person does not give you a room that you can take the payment back. That this is the part that this is the part that makes people nervous. You know, don't send them cash or Bitcoin or something where the money's just gone. And then once they have confirmed that you have paid them, they should give you the reservation confirmation number. Ideally, they should just forward you the confirmation email. <clears throat> and then you'll call the hotel and replace all of their information with yours. It's you're not just going your name is already going to be on the room. They should have already put it on the room. You're going to replace their credit card info with yours. You're going to put your email address on file and ask them to immediately send you a confirmation email because you want to make sure you get those. And if the hotel sends out any updates in the future, you want to make sure you get those as well. And then this close to the convention, I would say check once a month to make sure your reservation is still valid. And the month before the convention, you definitely want to check a couple weeks out and a week out. You know, you don't have to keep calling the hotel every time. Just check online and make sure you still see your reservation online. And then again, if at any point something seems fishy to you, call the hotel, recontact the person you got the room from, and make sure everything's okay. So if, you, if the hotel will let you put the name on the room, you should be able to get this all done in an hour. So since this is a number of phone calls and emails going back and forth, I like chatting with somebody on Facebook while I'm doing this or sending back emails or if you're comfortable giving out your phone number, even calling the person back and forth so that everybody's on the same page. And remember, the person you're getting the hotel room from, most likely... If it's the Hyatt or the Marriott, they've paid a non-refundable deposit. So you're doing, you're both doing each other a favor. They weren't going to get their deposit back from the hotel room. And you wouldn't have been able to get the room if it weren't for them. So it's really, I think, a win-win if you can do this, tra- if you can transfer a room to somebody who needs it. Absolutely. I have actually personally been... Um, the transferer and the transferee uh, in in uh, different years, and uh, both went uh, extremely smoothly. So, if anybody is thinking, "Oh, this is tricky," it's there's a lot to it. Look, if I can do it, uh, I think anybody can. So, it's not it's not scary. But as long as, uh, like you said, Zan, uh, you're you know you're smart and you protect yourself, and and don't give don't pay somebody in person. Uh, or don't pay someone directly. You're the only person, the only thing that you should be paying is the, uh, the, 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 at least giving your credit card information to is the, um, the actual hotel. Now, yes, you will be paying someone either through PayPal or, or a check, uh, to, for their deposit back, uh, for the deposit. So refunding them. But, uh, that's the only thing that really should be changing hands. Yeah. Now, I will say, if there's somebody that you know and trust, and you absolutely cannot put another name on the reservation, which, like I said, that's the part that's probably going to take the most persistence, you can show up the day of and check in with somebody. You could both go to the counter. I, I have done that before. I've gone to the counter with a friend of mine because they decided they wanted a room so last minute 
And I was like, I'm busy packing. I'm costuming. I don't have time for this. We'll just meet tomorrow. Mm. And you can just show up because once they see you're there in person and you both show your ID and you say, oh, my roommate's going to uh, put her card on and put her name on the room, they'll do, they'll do any changes at the desk. But I wouldn't recommend doing something that last minute with a total internet stranger because then that leaves you in the position of you could end up with no room. So maybe if you already had a room that you could fully cancel with no penalty or you were just really wanted a host hotel so bad that you were willing to eat like whatever the cost of canceling a days in, you know, or your overflow hotel would be. As long as you've got a plan B, you could try to take that risk, but I wouldn't recommend showing up to Dragon Con with absolutely no place to stay. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And uh, I also, um, to your point about uh, showing up with the person, um, that gets a little tricky, especially if that person's not, you know, like in one case, uh, I was, uh, tra- the, the room was tr- being transferred to me by someone who just absolutely couldn't be there. So there was no choice. I mean, we didn't have the option to to both be there and show ID at the at the lobby, so... Yeah, and a lot of people travel in from Dragon Con, or yes, may, you know, or you get there at really different times. So I I would see that as a last resort, but I could see instances in which you might want to take that chance. It it just depends. I mean, that's how th- that's how the rooms are now. Is there's just so much more demand than supply, and I think since I became an admin of the Dragon Con rooms community, I'm just more exposed to that this year than I've ever been. But I do genuinely think the numbers would bear me out that demand is just getting greater every year and supply isn't being raised, you know, hasn't been able to be raised to meet it, unfortunately. And I I don't see that changing anytime in the future, which is why I think it's important to have these strategies and be a part of these online communities. Absolutely. There's only a finite amount of rooms in the host hotels and there's (laughs) – no end to the number of people that continue to to want to come to Dragon Con. So obviously it's a, it's a trick. So, um, but um, it is possible. So don't give up. If you have any questions about transferring or the the uh, anything to do with hotels information that kind of thing, where can people uh, reach you? Well, like I said, I'm an admin of the Dragon Con Rooms Group. That's a bl- great place to get information. Now, it does have an asterisk in it because it's an older group, but sure. you can also find it with DragonCon is one word. Another great place that um, I post sometimes is DragonCon Hotel Connection, and that's actually a page that's run by somebody else. There's also the DragonConForums.org. They have a section called Get Me There, now also with Room Share. These are places that I'm just very familiar with. Then there's also Dragon Con's Cheap Klingon, and she started off on LiveJournal but is now on Facebook, and that's how you would find it is Dragon Con's Cheap Klingon. So there's – and also, of course, the classic DragonConRooms.LiveJournal.com. They are very well organized and still around, and an advantage to the LiveJournal is you're not competing as much because there are fewer posters on there now. So, right. there, so that is probably a smaller list at this point. But uh, those, I, I would say at this point, be as active in as many of them and keep an eye on as many of them as you can. There are times when I've seen a post and I was at work. I, you know, nobody can be connected 24 hours a day. And a friend saw a post and was like, hey, this is great. I know that Zan would be interested in this. And then she tagged me and I was able to 
pick that out. So definitely share with your friends, even your non-Dragon Con friends, what you're looking for. Just in case, you know, a friend shares it with a friend and then they tag you. The more people that know what you're looking for, really the better at this point because it's getting pretty close. Absolutely. It sure is. Well, thank you so much. Of course, if anybody has any questions, uh, we've got all the links for all those places on our show notes and on the website. And you can always reach out to us and, and either uh, email me or give me a, uh, send me a private message directly and uh, we'll, get you, we'll get you all straightened out. So, well, very good. Lots of great information there. And uh, we will talk to you again next month. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. And last but certainly not least, we have our a segment here with Bewitched Raven. Um, it's a hundred days left. Under a hundred days left. Are you are you ready? <laughs> Why do you say things like that to me? <laughs> See uh, yeah, now now um, isn't this be nice to the cosplayer segment, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's you know we're uh, we're less than a hundred days in now, so I'm thinking that there's no way you can be nice to any of the cosplayers at this point, uh, right? We're all I'm sure if anyone's like me, they're going crazy. <laughs> so so how are the outfits coming? I mean, is it uh, are you are you are you really stressed? Well, I'm already behind three costumes. <laughs> okay, I've been having a little trouble being motivated this year. It's it's. It's just been really busy, and I think when real life kind of takes over, it's hard to find the time to make the cosplays, and that kind of leads to the motivation falling short, at least in my case, you know? If it, if it starts becoming a chore, it becomes not fun, and then I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> that makes that makes perfect sense. And And you know what? You're not the first person that I've seen that has uh has posted something similar about i don't know if it's just like sort of this time period where there's so much going on and uh because it's summertime and and you're like you know all of a sudden you're realizing you have about three months left and it's just like you have to sort of prioritize and make decisions and a lot of people kind of are going well maybe you know maybe that's not this costume's not going to work or maybe that costume's not going to work um how how do you help like manage that sort of you know period where you know you might be at the point where it, it you're questioning things i think you know it's it's hard to manage it's one of those things that it for me it's just got so many real life factors that are involved into it that until i i, I tell everybody i'm like my schedule is full until the end of next weekend and then i'm clear till dragon con so I don't think I'm even going to be able to manage it until I get to that point where I can see that like light and I have the time to make these costumes. And I feel like I've already settled on a pretty finalized list of costumes for Dragon Con, um, barring a couple of fitness goals. <laughs> but now I just have to buckle down and, and set out finances and t- build times and, and really be a little more realistic with my goals. Well, um, and this is not obviously your first time at the rodeo. So is this something that you think that you feel you go through every year? Um, I think I do. I don't, you know, I think the stress level of it varies every year. Uh, you know, take, depending on the, the size of the projects being taken on and, and really what's happening in my life at that time. I, uh, I've, this year I've been 
luckily, very luckily, invited to a bunch more cons as, as a cosplay guest, and and I have found that to be much more overwhelming than I ever thought it would be, because um, it takes so much time away, and and it becomes a responsibility to be at a con rather than just for fun, and and I think that has kind of also played a part in this. Uh, cosplay is, is now becoming work <laughs> kind of phase I'm sitting in, but I'm surrounded by creative people and fun people and motivation is not always hard or far for me. It's just sometimes it's a little foggy and <laughs> gotta, gotta dig my way out through it. Gotcha. So, so what are some of the tricks that you use to help, help dig yourself through it, out of it? I, uh, I definitely take the time, like, when, I, when I'm when i setting up my list of cosplays to do, um, that's one of the most exciting things for me. When I feel like I found a character that, like, nobody else does or that I've rarely seen or a style that I haven't seen, that's what really gets me excited about a costume. Um, and then I get to the, the fun part of cutting out the costume, which I hate doing. It's probably my least favorite of the whole process, but uh, but I think really getting invested in the first place is is what can help pull you out of those funks and, and reminding yourself why you invested in that character or that design. Plus, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, as we've talked about before, I mean, you're not doing this, I mean, to win contests, you're, there's no you know, monetary form one way or another. It's not like you're going to lose face, you know, so to speak. So right. really, I mean, it's just, it's just something that, you know, first and foremost that, that y'all are doing for fun. So therefore anything that, um, it takes away from that should probably like be, you know, jettisoned. Right. Right. Absolutely. It should. And like I said, there, there are aspects of, anything creative you do that aren't the funnest. Like I said, I really, I have a full disdain of cutting out my costumes. I love sewing them. I love painting them. I love building them. Um, but man, I hate sitting on the floor, cutting them out. (laughs) It's the most tedious thing to me. And it just drives me crazy and it can, it can shut me down in an instant. (laughs) But, but that's with any creative project. And, and, you, you know, nothing is going to be a hundred percent fun a hundred percent of the time <laughs> or, or you don't grow with it. You don't, you don't become a better artist with it as I rant find- on about creativity. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you find that it's during times like this where you reach out to the community a little, a little bit more? I definitely find myself, you know, looking on at other cosplayers or, other artists that I, I like their work and seeing what they're producing. And that can absolutely get, get my motivation revving up again, you know, to see somebody I admire, uh, you know, throwing out their works left and right being like, I made this this weekend and I made this this weekend. I can be like, man, I am lagging behind. (laughs) I gotta, gotta get up and gotta do this. And so that, that can definitely help it out for sure. Gotcha. So with all the fun or as part of the fun, um, in addition to the creative creativity, there's also a, a little bit of a com- competitive edge. Yeah, I mean, that's but that's with anything. I mean, that's why we all like sports. And that's why, you know, that's that's with anything. Now, I think that as long as that competitive edge isn't 
crossing over into a-hole land. See, I, I censored myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, Saved Mike a step there. <laughs> it's fine, you know. It, it's okay to feel like you did the best and, and you rocked it. And to, that's why we have cosplay competitions. I just, I don't think it's okay to act like you are the best. Because, if, for, if you understand what I'm saying with that, because then you get into egos and hurt feelings and and that's not the point of competition either. So um so okay, so going forward, so now you you're you know you're faced with three months. Are you making sort of a decision on okay, so it looks like I can only have maybe this X amount of, of costumes then? I have absolutely settled down. I am doing one costume Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and two uh, one on Monday. See, that still sounds like a lot to me. <laughs> it is a lot, but if you look at it, Thursday is the bunny hutch party. So it's it's kind of a themed party bunny suit, like a Playboy bunny suit. So those are those aren't an enormous take on financially or or build wise because they they're a little smaller. <laughs> That's kind of a new territory for me. A little anyway. skimpier, in other words, basically. A little bit. And then it's kind of me stepping out of my, my comfort zone to do it, but I'm excited. I got a really fun group I'm going with. And then Monday, I'm actually doing a My Little Pony that's pretty much closet clothes because that's the day we check out of our hotel and we do any last minute walking around we want to do. And so I want to be comfortable, but I still want to be in cosplay. So don't, with that number, there are like, there are cosplay or closet cosplay sprinkled in, comfortable party clothes sprinkled in. You know, there's there's three big ones. I'm, I'm rolling. There gotcha. are three that, those, are, like, that are towering in my head. How, and are, those are all, I imagine those are all original ones. Um, I am doing uh, one. I mean, they're not secrets. So one, I'm doing Scylla from um the online game smite but i'm doing her tiny terror version so uh it it's hardest part is that she's got these big old wolf dragony heads that come out from under her skirt so i'm hoping to learn to walk on stilts to make that happen we will see <laughs> wow. okay you yeah, are living probably. dangerously wow i am and then um I'm also going to do a creative original design um, with the Arkham Scarecrow from the Batman Arkham games and do a femme version and, and kind of put my own spin on it. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and then my last one, which I'm hoping I can be uh, revealing in the next couple of weeks, actually is a Bioshock cosplay that I have never seen done before. So I'm not going to spoil you with what it is because I'm hoping to reveal it kind of soon. Um, but I'm really excited about it. Again, it's not anything too incredibly demanding sewing-wise. It's just kind of demanding to wear. <laughs> Interesting. So basically yeah. you're going to put your body through the works. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be sweating a lot. Very manly <laughs> at Dragon Con. Um, <laughs> But it's it's worth it. I am very lucky. I've got a really great handler. Um, you know, my significant other, Sugar Free D Photography, has learned the art of he can tell when I need his help in a costume. So if you're gonna do something big, 
That's absolutely the first thing I recommend. Find a friend who doesn't mind being your handler. Very, very good advice. Very good advice. <laughs> well, for those people who want to sort of keep track of, uh, of the conventions that you've been at so far, the ones that uh, you're going to between now and DragonCon, as well as uh, your um, you know, progress costume-wise, uh, where can they find you? They can find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash bewitchedravencosplay. I'm also on Twitter as Bewitched Raven. And something I've really been doing a lot of my work in progress picks on is actually Instagram. So I'm on Instagram also as Bewitched Raven. And, of course, we will have links to all of those in our show notes and on our website. Uh, Well, definitely want to make sure that uh, you have plenty of time to work on them and and hopefully in a relaxed and stress-free environment. Hopefully. My hope. (laughs) That right before Dragon Con, I'm telling you that everything is done, and I've got no last-minute work to do at all. Of course, that well, will not what, happen. I was going to say, you don't, you, you don't need to lie. Exactly. <laughs> in other words, you won't see, be seeing Mr. Rourke in uh, Tattoo coming around the corner going, Welcome to Fantasy Island, Christina. Because <laughs> most don't people play, uh, you know, won't believe you. No, just kidding. Um, right, right. No, but definitely wish you well, and we will check in with you again next month. Fantastic. It was nice talking to you guys. And so once again, we draw a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2015 Special Report. Uh, big thanks to everybody who joined us. Uh, Kevin Betchelder, uh, Eternal Zan, Michelle Biddick-Simmons, Bewitched Raven. Big, big, big thanks to Dan Carroll for uh, providing us with some information, stopping by the station. And of course, couldn't do it without our station crew. Thanks, Darren. Really appreciate it. Not a problem, sir. It's always wonderful to be in the station. Thank you. And, uh, of course, Mike, thank you, because none of this would be possible without you. Of course. I'm the guy who hits the record button. Absolutely. (laughs) It's good to know your place, Mike. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, as I like to say, I'm one rung above a, you know, organ grinding monkey. Aww. Now, we try to cover all we can with these specials, but to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website. There's tons of uh, social media sites built around all the uh, panels so all the tracks so you definitely want to check out those groups um those facebook groups they all have twitter accounts uh, you can easily uh find them all at dragoncon.org uh, they have a list of all the tracks as well as where you can find out all the information the latest information about all of them so we encourage you to get info official information as much as possible uh, now ESO can also be found on Facebook uh, we're also all over social media Twitter Google Plus Stitcher we want you to be part of the station we want you to be part of this report so please feel free to join in the discussion send us any questions that you have if there's something you've always wanted to know about Dragon Con but we're afraid to ask or whenever able to find out please send us an email uh, contact us because we'd love to investigate it for you and report back to you on a, on a future episode um, please help support the ESO podcast by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool ESO merchandise, including some very, very, very nice newly designed items by Mary Ogles. That those those things look awesome, and I hope to see a bunch of them uh, at uh, DragonCon. People wearing them, they'll be perfect. Um, we have them in our Zazzle store. Uh, you can also fill up your cart at the Amazon e store, as I mentioned before, and. Just get to Amazon through the ESOPodcast.com page. Click on the link. It'll shoot you right there. And just shop as normal, and it'll help us out a lot. So thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. 
Oh my god, it's less than a hundred days! Ah! He's a little slow.
zero. Every move is starring you. And the world will turn to flowing pink papers too. broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.